Hey, it's great to be with you. Thanks, uh, thanks for the warm welcome. Got here early because we don't have subways in New Hampshire, and so uh, it was great to meet Paul early, and uh, just it's a joy to be here uh, with you. And uh, we're going to be looking at Isaiah 40 um, as we spend a few moments being nourished in the Word of God and strengthened for another week until Jesus comes back. I hope it's Friday, but I'm not sure it's, he's coming this week, but maybe, who knows. Would you pray with me one more time? Lord, with sisters and brothers, we gather around Jesus, our Savior. We gather around your word, which is enough for us in this life. Uh, we gather eager to learn. But frankly, Lord, and many of us are exhausted and tired, and uh, we, we need your sustaining grace. And so, Lord, I pray that you would meet us here and do in our lives what needs to happen for this coming week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Boy, being a Christian is both wonderful but very hard. I've been following Jesus seriously now for 45 years. And uh, obviously the ups are better than the downs, but, you know, trusting Jesus and in, in, in that he loves me, you know that little, they, they, Jesus used that little illustration that if you have uh, faith like a mustard seed, well, that mustard seed can be pretty heavy at times. Like, Lord, do you love me? Are you working in me? Do you still accept me with all my failings and then we're fighting against not just our own souls right you know the bible says we fight against our flesh and the world and the devil so like that that's 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 pretty tough stuff it's hard and then the weight of concern for your lost family and friends and neighbors like we every member is on mission and like feeling the weight of that going into your office your school or just with your family who don't know Jesus, like that can be really weighty. And then just being the church, whether in leadership or laity, we're called to be these, this people of God, a, a city on a hill, a light in a dark place. And I don't know about you, but often I feel just so unqualified, overwhelmed, and weak. Now, I'm not trying to discourage you. Following Jesus for 45 years has been worth it, Okay but it's hard. And so this morning, I want to look from uh, Isaiah 40 and find comfort for the called. If you're called into Jesus, um, I think this morning's words uh, will meet you. And if, so like the big idea is that Jesus meets our weakness with his strength. Okay, that, that he gives you strength to fulfill your calling. You don't have it within yourself. And so as we look at this, um, we're going to look at a kind of a stunning chapter. Uh, this year, I, last couple of years, I've been reading the Bible through on a, a really neat reading program that takes you through. You read five days and you have two days off. That means if you fall behind on Tuesday, you've got Saturday. And so, like, that's worked for me. But last year, as I was reading, I was like, I just need to park in a book. So I chose to park in Isaiah. And Isaiah, um, he's a, he, he served as a prophet in, in Jerusalem for 40 years, and uh, Isaiah's kind of a, the book is kind of a weird compilation. There's no narrative line, so you can't like read it beginning to end, and it's not going to read like Lord of the Rings, right? There's no, like, there are, uh, it's a collection or an uh, anthology of, of, it swings back and forth between judgment and oracles of salvation. Well, fortunately, this morning is an oracle of salvation. So what I'm going to do is just walk through this text so that we can find comfort in our calling 
to be followers of Jesus. So it starts, it starts with a message of comfort. My wife every year sings in, uh, in Concord. We have a, um, a music group that puts together the Handel's Messiah every year. And uh, it's, it's an incredible thing. Every, every beginning of December, I call it my soul bath because for about two and a half hours, it's just scripture sung. And it, one, of the, one of the songs is from Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sins, her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord, Lord's hand double for all her sins. We begin with this message of comfort, this message that comes with a tender voice. And sometimes you can get in your head that God is really mad. But his anger has been satisfied in Christ. There's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. And he comes to us with a tender message. A message of deliverance. That we have been delivered, it says there uh, in verse 1, from the hard service it's been completed. Now, of course, Isaiah is thinking back to the old covenant story of the children of Israel being delivered from slavery. But for you and me, that's this is idea that sisters and brothers we no longer have to labor for what is for our promised land we've been delivered from the labor christ has accomplished it so this message of tenderness message of deliverance this message of forgiveness your sins have been paid for we just sang about it at the heart of our christian faith is that though we struggle with sin this week and we'll struggle with sin next week christ has forgiven all of it and this message of double blessing. He ends it there. Look at it, it says there um, in, in the end of verse 2, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Now that sounds like a weird measurement. Like, I mean, I'm getting double blessing for all my sins? Now, Paul would answer this and say, should we sin that grace may abound? No, don't be ridiculous, because sin is always damaging. But you and I are haunted by this idea that somehow we're... we're not good enough. And this is the gospel. Friends, if you wandered in here and wondering why Christians are meeting here at this little elementary school, it's about this good news, this tender message, this message of deliverance, this message of forgiveness, this message of blessing, that all that Christ has is ours. And that's where we start as we think about our calling going into another week, that we, we, we refill our, our souls, our minds with this message of hope this message of comfort. And so that's where we start with this being comforted as the call because then we read on. If Jesus meets us in our weakness with his greatness, we realize how difficult the work is. Look at verses three through five. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill be made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. If you're familiar with the Bible, this, the, this text actually gets referred to John the Baptist in Mark 1 and John 1. <laughs> and if you're practical like me, you go like, why does God need a highway? Well, in a practical sense, it's because he became one of us. He's a human, fully God, fully man, 
walk this earth. But there's this story that we are to do the hard work of preparing the way for the king. What's going on here is just this idea if a king was coming to a conquered place, they, they would make sure that his, his arrival would happen on a smooth road. That means a lot of labor was done to smooth the road out. A couple weeks ago, uh, uh, about five of us took the train from Boston down here to New York to pray with, with uh, Jason and some others. There were about 14 of us that met down uh, on um, the west side, and we spent like 24 hours in prayer. But we came down on the train, and if you think anything about trains, like the route of a train track has been dug up, and, and, the, and, the, and the low places made high, and the high places made low, and it's been made smooth because the train needs uh, a smooth track all through New England. There are all these rail trails that were formerly uh, uh, train tracks back in the 1800s that are now like snowmobile paths and running paths and bike paths, but they're smooth. There's a lot of forgotten people that made those ways smooth. It's hard work. That's sort of like what we're doing in preparing for the coming of Jesus. That we're doing the hard work of, of, of gospel labor where we go to our offices, we go to our schools, we live in our neighborhoods, we're among our families. And we're all those things, we're, we're, but we're really on mission for Jesus, declaring that, that the message of comfort that we just read about. Comfort, oh, comfort my people. Like this message, this gospel is the best news we have. And we're called to do the hard work of being on mission. Every member a missionary. And where you live and where you, where you uh, work is a place where God wants you to be on mission for him. And so the hard work of praying like, Lord, when do I share? How do I not lose it with my boss or my coworkers or the students or my spouse or my neighbors? How do I live out the teaching of Jesus? Give me the right words to speak. This is hard work. This is like preparing the way of the Lord. And it's difficult work. On top of that, so we have this message of comfort, first thought. Okay, we've all got that message of comfort. Comfort of tenderness, comfort of being delivered, comfort of forgiveness, comfort of double blessing. And, but there's this difficult work to prepare the way of the Lord. And on top of it, we are weak, our, our weak conditions. Look at verses six through eight. A voice says, cry out and say, what shall I cry? So what's the message? This message in these verses? All people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of our God endures forever. And one of the things the Bible says about you is you are both a big deal and you're not a big deal. It's kind of a contradiction. Like you are formed in your mother's womb, knit together, one of a kind. Like you are one of God's favorites. He doesn't have favorites, you're one of them. I mean, it's just kind of a contradictory thing. Like you, you, he, you are special. On top of that, though, the, the contradictory part is like our lives come and go in this world. Like we're like grass or flowers that fade. My wife and I were walking in Central Park yesterday and like there's all sorts of monuments and plaques on, on benches to people who are something, but they're gone. And the best they've got is a plaque on a bench. We 
We are a weak condition people. I have a niece who's quite the, um, uh, I guess it's, I don't know if it's called country singing. I'm not a musician, but she's got a lot of twang to it. She lives in Virginia. And uh, she, uh, uh, there's a YouTube of her and her band singing uh, an old gospel song, All Our Hope is in Jesus. And one of the lines, one of the verses goes, and there's a kind of thing that just breaks a man, breaks him down to his knees. God, I've been broken more than a time or two. Yes, Lord. Then he picks me up and shows me what, what it means to be a man. And then come and sing this. This is what it means to be a man. All my hope is in Jesus. Because I'm weak. I'm frail. I'm, as it says there, like if there's another message that, that gets proclaimed is, I mean, humanity's pretty cool in what it's accomplished. I mean, you're living in a city that's demonstrated the power of mankind. But people who build this place come and go like grass, wither and gone. So here we are called with this great message of comfort, verses one and two. Then we realize, man, this work is hard. We've got to make smooth. We've got to make level the way of the king. That means I'm doing hard work where I live, where I work, in my family. I am, bring, I am called to be the gospel light in those places. And then I'm super weak. Like, I am weak. But then there's this pivot. In this, in this oracle, in this uh, message, there's this massive pivot. Because if I was left with just up to uh, verse 8, I'd be depressed. I've got this great message. It's hard work, and I'm really weak. But, and, 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 the next, and all I'm going to do is read the next, like, 18 verses. The greatness of God. Here's the contrast. We have this message of comfort. It's hard work. I'm weak. Ah. Look at verse 9. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice and shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, and this is the line, here is your God. We have this message of comfort. It comforts us, and it's for the world. We are called to do the hard work of making level uh, and, and, and straight the path for the kingdom of the king to come. It's hard work, and we're weak. And so we've got to kind of like back up and go, I don't think I can do this. But here's our God. Now, in, your, uh, in, in the um, program there, we didn't print those verses pragmatically because it was the next, the next segment because there's not enough space for them. But, but this, is, uh, this is what I want you to hear. I'm going to read to you, and I want your imagination to grasp onto this description of God as I read verses 10 through 26, because this is why you and I can be comforted in our calling to take this message of comfort in, in, in this hard work we're called to do. We can do it in our weakness because this is our God. Listen to this description. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He, t he tends his flock like a shepherd 
He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads them, leads those who have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in the balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires. Lebanon was known for its forests. And, and, and so animal sacrifice says, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and, and less than nothing. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for idols, a metal worker casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was formed? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and his people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to nothing and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no, soon, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens, who created all these. He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Here is your God. He is the one that gave us this message of comfort. He's the one who knows the work is hard. He's the one who knows how weak we are. He's our God. He is the reason we can have confidence to go into this week on mission for Jesus in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our offices, in our workplaces. We can go as people of God with this message of comfort. Yes, the work is hard. Yes, we are weak, but this is our God. I don't know what parts of that stood out to you, but the vastness of God. Back in 2011, my dad, who pastored in New Hampshire, he was 42 when I was born, so he was a little older, uh, and he passed away in, two, two, let's see, 2011. And the day he passed away, October 11th, he just, he was just passed, two days past his 90th birthday, and uh, I drove over to the ocean um, because, well, for, for several reasons. My little daughter had dance lessons, and we still want her to go to her ballet, and 
not far from the ocean. And so I parked there waiting for Abby to get done uh, dance. And I remember what someone had said to me about grief. Let the rivers of your sorrow flow into the oceans of God's comfort. That picture really helped as I sat there uh, in that beautiful October day, blue skies, looking at the ocean, realizing, listen, my weak sorrow finds its comfort and, 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 and security in the oceans of God's comfort. Now, that's just an application of, of this. But the whole idea that if you get cynical and, and you think rationally about like, well, is God enough? Well, here it says he's like the ocean, he got the oceans in the ha- his hands. Well, oceans do have limits. There is a bottom to them and there is the, 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 the far offshore you cannot see. Well, then he says, well, consider the starry hosts. So far, we haven't found the edge of the universe. Consider, I'm the one who spoke those into existence. Here is our God. And so, with this greatness of God, so the whole thought here today is, friends, uh, Jesus takes our weakness and meets it with his greatness so that we're comforted in our calling. This message we have of comfort is amazing. Comfort, oh, comfort my people. It's a message of tenderness. It's a message of deliverance. It's a message of forgiveness. It's a message of blessing. Yes, it is hard work to, to prepare the way of Jesus by, by sharing his gospel. We are following the legacy of John the Baptist who had it hard and was beheaded. That's sort of like a winning strategy. It's hard work. We are weak. I feel completely incapable of doing what God has called me to do. But here is our God. And so we end this oracle of salvation with this invitation to trust that God. Look how this, look how Isaiah 40 ends. Verses 27 through 31. You'll find that in your, your um, handout. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth get grow weary, get grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who trust in the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Well, what does trust look like? Well, here it says we're prone to distrust, right? Like it starts out there in in, uh, verse 27. You complain. You think my way is hidden from the Lord. And it's interesting in that verse, the people of God are called two names. Jacob, if you know anything about the Old Testament, he was the deceiver. God called Jacob to be his. So here, he brings up that name again to say, yeah, I know, you're weak like Jacob. But he also says, he calls him Israel. That was his new name, which is the name of covenant. God said, I made a covenant with you. So it's interesting, he gets both of those things in there. And in our weakness, he says, trust me, I know you are weak. Because I know, and I know you're prone to distrust the nearness of God. I know that it's common for you to be like Jacob, but somehow your way is hidden from God. 
And let me tell you, friend, sister, brother, this is common for all of us. Every single one of us will come to often think, somehow my way is hidden from God. God cares about um, Pastor James, cares about old guys like David. He doesn't care about me. Somehow my way is hidden. No, you are his daughter. You are his son. How could a good mother forget a child she has nursed? How much more could God forget you? Never. So trust looks like this. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. It's really good for you to get into nature. It's really good for you to see the flowers that are trying, the crocuses trying to come up to the, it's really good for you to go to the Jersey Shore or out to the Long Island Sound or get on a plane and go somewhere. It's good for you to travel to the ends of the earth. It's a reminder that every flower, every blade of grass, every bird, every mountain is carved and created by your father. The ends of the earth are reminding you he's with you, he's for you. And there's no end to that power. We trust in his unlimited power. We trust in his incalculable understanding. He gets you. I think there's a, uh, some sort of media thing going on. He gets us. Well, he does. He gets you. He likes you. He formed you. He has plans for you. And he will sustain us. You will see us through. You will not abandon your children. 